0: Welcome in. Welcome back, everybody, to a Where Does Brian Kelly Rank in the Hierarchy of College Football coaching edition of the Always Irish Show. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, you could find the program on the website known as YouTube.com. I'm sure you've all heard of it. Hit subscribe there. Do appreciate it. If you like the video afterwards, give it a thumbs up. Always helps. I appreciate that as well. Twitter, at jkznd4. Emails, always irishnd at gmail.com. I'm finally almost caught up on emails. I think I've gotten back to almost everybody who sent me one. Life's been a little hectic. I was behind on that. I apologize, but I'm starting to get caught up. Um, so I think I got back to everybody the last week. Audio only, anywhere you could find me. Like, sub, share, review. I don't care what you do. I just like the interaction. Merchandise link below. Here's the deal. I did the branding with the Always Irish stuff and different versions of that, and that, that's cool. It's time to push it a little bit, so I have some really creative things coming. If you guys want them, you could get them. I, I don't know how these are going to come off, but I don't care. I have some points to make, so I'm making some shirts. I'm going to wear them, and we're going to see what happens. So I have some really creative stuff coming that you may or may not be interested in. Even if nobody buys one of these shirts, it's totally worth it to get it made for me to make my point on the air. I don't care if nobody else buys it. I have some things I need to get across. What a great way to do it and have some fun while doing it, so stay tuned for that, okay? Guarantee, you're going to roll your eyes or laugh or both at what I come up with. So, let's get into this. The Athletics, Feldman and Mandel, recently released a ranking of the top college football coaches. Those are two very well-known college football scribes, long-term guys, and they're with The Athletic, which is a reputable uh, company in terms of doing this kind of stuff. So they did a ranking of the top active college football coaches. Obviously, if you paid attention to college football for two minutes, Saban's number one, Dabo's number two. That's a no-brainer. There's nobody that could argue it. The results are what they are. Saban one, Dabo two. Then what? I'm asking you to do this project in your head. Who should come next to you on this list of best active college football coaches? Saban 1, Dabo 2. Who do you go to after that? Okay, think about it in your head. How would you do this list? Do-dee-doo-doo-doo-dee-doo. Okay, time's up. According to these guys, the number three guy is Brian Kelly himself. BK homeboy himself. Now the rationale being that they presented is that although the top two guys have seven titles since 2011 combined and BK has none, nobody else below those top two is consistently beating those top two and out of the rest, Brian Kelly has perhaps been the most consistent as of late. Three legit title chances, two playoffs, two playoff runs, three undefeated seasons, 43 and eight since bottoming out in 2016, 10 or more wins, five of the last six years. Okay, so we have Saban, Dabo, Kelly. Now, who else do you think is in this immediate territory with Kelly? So, like your three, four, five, six type area, Ryan Day comes to mind. Lincoln Riley comes to mind. Feldman as Franklin at number five, and I can never, ever understand it. I just think Franklin's overrated. I always have. I don't know if I just don't like his personality, or what. I have just never looked at him as an elite top five coach. That's just me. I never have. You know who else I've never looked at as a top five legit X's and O's coach who gets a lot of fanfare is Jimbo Fisher. He's another one I look at as a talent accumulator and not a great X's and O's guys. So Franklin and Jimbo are two that, and I'm not the only one saying this. I've been saying it a long time. So have a lot of other people. Those two, I just, I've never bought into other than talent accumulation with Jimbo and Franklin, I, I just can't. I, I just can't go there. So those two, I just don't understand. I can't go there. If you want to talk about Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley, now I'm interested. You want to look at Kirby, okay? Like, I, I, I'll listen to you. Uh, but Franklin and Jimbo are the two. I just can't go there, okay? So there are a lot of reactions to this poll or article or whatever And with all things Notre Dame, people are divided on this. And and I always say this, and it still remains true. I say this all the time. There is never black and white with Notre Dame. It seems like for every situation, every game result, every, every position we find ourselves in on and off the field, we exist in a perpetual Notre Dame gray area. Nothing is just ever crystal clear, right, wrong, black, white. So much gray area. And on this topic, especially with Brian Kelly being related, people are divided within the fan base, okay? So let's start here with this. If you can't stand Brian Kelly, you hate Brian Kelly, there's still people in this camp that can't stand the guy. And you wonder how in the hell he could be this high without putting a trophy anybody cares about in the case yet, from a major bowl game, winning a title, playoff game, whatever. We don't have any of that. We don't have any of that. So you might be asking, uh, how could Kelly be there? But let me ask this. Who else deserves it more? Who else deserves it more than Brian Kelly to be number three? We know what the top two are. The last 10 national title winners were Saban a bunch of times, Dabo multiple times, cheating pay-for-play pay geron for, pay for at LSU and all the issues they have with that. Ohio State, but with a coach that's no longer in college football, or he would be on this list ahead of Brian Kelly. And then Jimbo Fisher, who I've always viewed as a talent at Florida when he was at Florida State. I view him as a talent accumulator, not a great coach. That's just my opinion. You could differ all you want. That's just my position. So you look at that list, and given it, who else legit belongs above Kelly but below the clear top two? Day inherited a lot of talent. And I think Feldman and Mandel want him to prove more of a body of work on his own. They're recruiting very well. There's no reason to think that they won't, uh that Ryan Day won't be continue the lineage of being successful at Ohio State. Um, so, so that's Ryan day. I think they want to see him do more of this on his own to get more of a body of work. And then I could very easily see him rise above Brian Kelly on this list, but it's just a little bit too early in that case. Okay. So then you have Kirby and Kirby just can't get over the hump, but that hump involves beating Alabama every single year. So everybody knows the talent that Georgia rosters have year in, year out there recruiting and all that, but getting over the hump involves beating Alabama every single year. That's a tough challenge that's prevented him from doing even more, even though he does have a playoff win and, and the SEC championship in that year, okay? So fine. Then you get to Fisher and Franklin, talent accumulators, they're not going above Kelly. They're just not. So I can really only argue against BK at number three right now is, is maybe Lincoln Riley. He has similar numbers to BK in that he's made multiple playoffs, but they go terribly. So Lincoln Riley's in that that position as well. But again, I think they put Kelly ahead of him just based on the consistency of the last few years since the 2016 teardown rebuild. Okay, so for those that are anti, die hard anti Brian Kelly, no matter what, who else has really done more lately other than the top two? It's just a case where you have those two that are winning the most. And, and then there's a huge drop off of everybody else trying to get over them to get over the hump. So 43 and eight since the 2016 teardown is really damn good overall. So this seems fair to me, I guess, that Kelly's three because none of the other guys that I would interchange with him, Day, Riley, like I could see especially Day, he's going to rise up this list. Um, I was really wondering if Ohio State would dip at all with Urban leaving You could argue recruiting's actually gotten better with Ryan Day in charge. And and that's a compliment to Urban Meyer and Ryan Day. So with more body of work, I expect him to rise up that list possibly. He's just not there yet. So it seems, I guess, reasonable and fair to me that Brian Kelly's number three. So here's my question, though. So what? So what? What? Like, so what? My question for the BK haters is who else has won more and done more consistently than Brian Kelly to be in the top three? Three is okay, okay? So I just don't, I just don't get that it's a big deal where he falls three, four, five. There's a big gap after the top two. So so I don't have a problem with it being at number three. But at the same time, so what? That doesn't make me feel any better. There's no new trophies in the case. So like, yeah, I guess it's fine, but it doesn't prove anything until there's hardware in the case to me. Obviously, it's better to have a guy that people think is number three and is 43 and eight over the last few years than a guy that's 50th on the list and sucks. Yeah, obviously that's true. But my question to the Brian Kelly lovers filling my DMs and emails saying, in your face, John, Brian Kelly's a top three guy. What else could you ask for? And I've gotten a dozen of those messages so far. When this show first started, it was in the middle of 2016's nightmare disaster. And I was justifiably railing against Brian Kelly for allowing things to drop to the level they did. Everything that happened was directly due to Brian Kelly's poor decision-making. I was hard on Brian Kelly in 2016 because he deserved it. There's no reason ever for Notre Dame with the talent they had on the 2016 team to go 4-8. and eight. No reason for it. And I couldn't handle it. And that was the impetus that made me want to start this program. In the middle of all that nightmare, and I need to... I needed to find an outlet to let people know this is not okay. And everybody around Notre Dame needs to ask some tough questions of what the hell is going on here? How did we end up in this garbage position we should never be in? So, since that time, I've stated Brian Kelly's done a really, really good job. Just not elite, but a really, really good job. Really, really good. Just not elite. So you can't argue with the 43 and 8, the the two recent undefeated seasons and playoff experiences. There you can't argue that cuz they happened and that's better than most teams and coaches ever get. That being said, I also don't get the point of the messages I've gotten saying see Brian Kelly's a top three coach. Quit complaining about anything with the program. Okay, fine. He's top three on a random list from college football writers. So what? For all he's accomplished, I still don't see one new trophy in the case that matters or that anybody cares about. There isn't one. There isn't one. Do they get one for the Camping World Bowl? Is there a big porcelain cut out of a tent in the Goog or whatever. So that's just a fact. So what kind of loser says to me, yeah, we haven't put any hardware in the case at Notre Dame, but some writers say he's third best. So in your face, John, it's a bad argument. What would he do so often with politics, religion, whatever? It's got to be all one way. Or all the other way, instead of finding some reasonable middle ground with which to work and exchange ideas. If everybody, especially with the political stuff, if everybody on both sides came to the table in good faith, there's a lot of reasonable middle ground that could be had on a lot of these major societal issues we're all struggling with. But that's not how it is. It's one extreme or the other, and if you're reasonably in the middle, your opinion your voice doesn't count. That's the way it is, and it's bad. It's bad for the country. It's bad for furthering discussions, meeting people where they're at, exchanging ideas. Everybody's so far apart, and everybody only wants to hear the people that agree with them. That's, that causes this divide we have in this country, okay? So here's my middle ground, Ryan Kelly's done really, really well since 2016. Better than almost everybody else in the game. But he also hasn't won anything that matters. And that is very frustrating. Here's my question. Why can't both of these be true at the exact same time? He's really, really good. Probably deserves to be number three on this list. But also at the same time. He hasn't won anything big that matters, and that sucks and it hurts and it's frustrating. Both are accurate. Don't feel obligated that because he's 43 and eighth a few the last few years, you can't ask for more than a Camping bowl trophy. That's just not right. Don't feel backed into that corner. He's really, really good. Deserves to be number three, probably. I also want more. Both are fair. Both are true at the exact same time. Okay? Where I will push back on is some people are saying the rationale of Brian Kelly being at third is even though he hasn't won a title, the consistency of the last four years and the high win count kind of makes up for it. Kind of. I mean, you're going to have to describe kind of. I would take one national title and three eight and fours after it in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. You know why? Titles live forever. National championships never die. They're front and center for the rest of time you racking together a whole bunch of ten and twos losing to the two best teams you play every year nobody's going to remember that in a hundred years it's just dust in a history book titles are what matters and the fact that I got to explain that to Notre Dame fans blows my mind there is no division to win there is no conference banner to win at Notre Dame it's all about the title so the fact that I have to explain to some people, that fact blows my mind. So I would take one title and a couple of uh, eight and fours after it if I can get the one, okay? 12 and O's, 10-plus win seasons are great, but ultimately it will be dust in the ledger 100 years from now without a championship, okay? So... Titles live forever. They don't ever go away. Don't ever forget that. That's, that's the goal. It isn't 10 and 10-2, 11-1, losing to the best team you play multiple years. Give me a title. I want to be the best for some period of time. The absolute best, okay? So both of these are true. I'm not saying this as a cop-out. Brian Kelly's done a really, really good job. Also true, there's no new trophies in the case, and that's frustrating. Both are true at the same damn time. Having this discussion also leads us down another path, one that's interesting to think about but impossible to measure and figure out. But the question came up, do we think Brian Kelly would have a national title by now if he wasn't at Notre Dame? Well, nobody knows, but here are a few of my thoughts that rattle into whatever's left of my brain to try and think about this, some framework. Where would it have been at? I think Southern Cal would have have to been it. Easier conference, recruits itself locally and elitely if you aren't a moron, which USC leadership has been lately. They've had all sorts of problems. But that place, if you're even merely competent, recruits itself elitely you just have to be competent for a guy like Brian Kelly that isn't the most active recruiter as a head coach you guys that's just a fact it's not up for debate Brian Kelly is just not the most active head coach when it comes to aggressively recruiting it's just the way it is it's just the way it is so I just don't see BK getting by Clemson, Alabama, or Ohio State the last few years if he was at another school in those conferences. I just don't see that happening consistently. Maybe you could argue he'd be able to beat Oklahoma if he took the Texas job and all their resources the last few years with the local talent in that general area. So what conference it would be in would matter to me greatly because you would have had three huge roadblocks in the Big Ten with Urban Meyer and Ohio State, obviously Nick Saban in the SEC, and then dab on what he's been doing in the ACC. So that leads me to think USC would would be that would have been the best spot, and if it's the Big Twelve, probably Texas. Maybe that Florida State job when it opened up after Jimbo left, but then you got to run through uh, Clemson in the ACC every year. So there's no doubt recruiting would be easier anywhere at a place with pedigree, not named Notre Dame, in better weather, deep recruiting, local town base, and less academic restrictions and considerations that have to be made. But so those things help would help him if he was at any of these other places. But he's not the most active recruiter. How much does that factor in? I don't know. Maybe some of that could be made up for at a place where it's generally easier to recruit. I don't know. Here's the next question. Would he have an elite quarterback anywhere else and further that guy's development on an incremental straightward upward path? Who knows? Because we haven't seen that in Notre Dame yet, and we're going on a dozen years. So that's a big question to me. Him being somewhere else, does that automatically solve the quarterback issues that he struggled with his entire time at Notre Dame. So this is a question we'll never know the answer for. I tend to think it'd be really, really good, but end up just about in the same spot he is now. Really, really good, but not quite getting over the hump. That's just my gut feeling. It's something we never know. So here's overall, though. I do respect Brian Kelly for taking the hard path at Notre Dame. No head coach takes the Notre Dame job without knowing the unique challenges and roadblocks that are there that other coaches don't have to go through. So I admire Brian Kelly for doing that. And it's still my dream somehow, some way for him that he ends his tenure at Notre Dame with the title and doing it the right way. Hard classes, no pay, pay for play, just legit. That's the dream. So summing things up, I'm fine with him at number three, I guess. But that also doesn't mean I can't ask for more. This is not an either-or situation. Both can be true, and both can be fair. Really, really good, just hasn't gotten over the hump. Number three, fine. I still don't see any trophies in the case since he's come to Notre Dame. Not one. Not even a title. A major bowl game, a playoff win. We don't have it, and that is the standard all Notre Dame coaches are held to. Both can be true at the same time. Here's what I think. Marcus Freeman unlocks the final piece of this. He's an elite lead dog, relentless recruiter, period. I'm going all in on him. And I'm fine with if... How do I want to phrase this? Let's say somehow my dream comes true and Marcus Freeman is indeed the next head coach after Brian Kelly. Let's run with that. That's what I want to happen. That's what needs to happen. That's what I feel is right. That's what I want. Let's say that happens and somehow Marcus Freeman recruits all this elite talent. Notre Dame wins a championship and whatever. A lot of that credit for that championship has to go to Brian Kelly has to go to Brian Kelly for putting everything in the position to set Marcus Freeman up to be able to get over the hump, not full credit because he didn't get over the finish line, but Brian Kelly will deserve a ton of credit if it goes down that way for putting us in the position, building the structure and framework to allow the next guy to get there. So that I will credit him for. Um, So I don't know what you guys think on this. I'm fine with him being number three. And also, I still want more than a camping bowl trophy. That's my position. I feel that it's perfectly fair and accurate. What do you guys think? Let me know. Talk to you later.